Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to another edition of Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches. Can my panel hear me loud and clear? Yes, loud and clear. Excellent. I'm glad to hear you all. Um, welcome. It is Thursday the 26th, which isn't our normal day, but honestly, I had a really rough go of it yesterday, so we bumped it to today. And uh, so here we are. Welcome to the Sexy Witches Pandemic Edition. Um, this will be, I guess, the season's running theme. Because, uh, we're right in the middle of one of the worst things to ever happen in the United States history. Hooray for that. I mean, we're number one. Uh, but there's more to talk about besides the doom and gloom that's happening outside our windows. Because there's plenty of people that um, and news that we're missing. Or, or getting pushed to the side during this whole thing. And uh, this episode is to acknowledge two of those things that have happened over the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's been a lot of people passing, as you know, as usual. Um, and uh, But um, we had two giants in the genre uh, cinema uh, past you know, that every horror geek, any film geek really loves. One is the actor Max 
on Tuchel. He's been around forever, character actor. Uh, and the other one, of course, especially in the horror world, master of horror himself, Stuart Gordon, the director of Reanimator, died a couple days ago at 72 years old. Uh, we are very sad about these things, but they left a lot of wonderful things to love behind. And we will talk about that at 20 in our 930 uh, half hour. Um, but first, let me bring on my sexy witches. We have Matt starring in Clifton Ford, Virginia. She is my partner in crime. And interesting enough, the first time I met her in person, we also met and took a picture with Stuart Gordon. So please welcome to the show, Miss Erin Marie. Hello there. Well, that was one of the very first things we ever did, and that picture is uh, currently my cover on Facebook. <laughs> Same here. I, I, I did that, and my profile picture is the one that really took with him as the evil doll, because um, I just played the soundtrack to Dolls, and Dolls is one of my all-time favorite movies. So um, mm. I yeah, I've also shout been wearing my animator shirt for about 24 hours, too. <laughs> Aww. So we'll talk more about him in a bit. Let me bring on other sexy witches because there's a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, so we'll also go in uh, West Virginia, Charleston, not too far from Erin Marie, a couple of hours away. You have my Reap Owners co-host who is subbing for the Enchantress of Nevermore who can't make it tonight. Please welcome to the show, the Steve, the Wizard of Wandling. Welcome. You're on the <laughs> Sexy Witches. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Happy to be here, Wonderful. as always. Glad you're here. Thank you for subbing for Raven. And I know it's subjects that you too. love as well. And we were supposed to have a Repo Nerds episode, and I couldn't get it in last week, so I do apologize for that. So we'll try to reschedule that one really soon. It's okay. I'm on quarantine, so, you know, I imagine I'll be here for some while. Well, and captive audience they stay so, um, and of course, my partner in crime, who is also sheltering in place in Los Angeles, which is going absolutely batshit insane because, well, it's Los Angeles. They do that anyway. They're really crazy right now. They all, and that's because they're being deprived of their entertainment and their love and their horror and their stars and their universal stories and Disneyland. All that shit shut down. Yeah. But. If you want to go and have fun, Aaron Cogan's house is filled with the stuff that he can play with <laughs> until they reopen everything. So he's going to be fine with his isolation. Please welcome to the show. Because the Warlock of Orange County, my partner in crime, when I'm out there, Aaron Cogan, how are you doing, sir? I'm uh, hanging in there. How are you all doing? Pretty much the same. So let's do a quick pandemic rundown. Tell we're gonna do it in one word. So um, I I will go last. So either say isolation, working, or quarantine, and uh, you just say which one you're doing currently. So Marie, isolation. Okay. Working. I've, I've been out. I've been out one time in ten days, and that was yesterday, just for groceries. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm working. What about you? What, uh, I am quarantined, trying not to go out as much as possible. And I was working from home, but my company let me go. 
Yeah, a lot of them. Oh, six other people, and all the officers aren't going to take a salary, and the company's in trouble because pandemic, yo. Well, we'll see what happens. And Steve, I missed your answer. What was your answer, Steve? Well, they gave us a stay-at-home order. Um, I'm working and – Pretty much, that's about it. Uh, they consider law firms essential in West Virginia, uh, so we're open. Hmm. Uh, much much chagrin. Yeah, I'm working from home doing I, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I am also working, but not from home. I'm actually going to my office every single day. Um, no. As working for a pharmaceutical company, I am also considered essential, even though I am in the archivist. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, it, it's, uh, the, the building is filled with people About 100 people um, I have my own office Which is a blessing in disguise But it's also not because people come in there All the time and there's nowhere to go um, But You know there I am It's terrifying We're here But we have some This what the podcast is for Is to burn off a little bit of steam And have a little bit of fun in the middle of an apocalypse we're all still alive and kicking yeah. so far. Raven is even alive and kicking. She is not sick because of the coronavirus. She's got other issues going on. So get well, Raven, and come back. And we'll hopefully Steve's test comes up negative. We'll find that out soon. Um, I, I, I know this, we shouldn't talk medical stuff on air, Steve, but you did mention it already on Facebook, so I thought I'd just say it. So, yeah, it's cool. Know, I don't know. Not a okay. problem. Just making sure it's fine. Okay. So we'll keep fingers crossed on that. Yes. But in the meantime, I want to say there are some silver linings to this thing. One, people are fostering pets. That is amazing. Um, like pets are emptying out of kennels. That is a positive line. Uh, two, uh, people are, are therapy, because they can't afford therapy, are jumping into the arts. And I have seen an explosion in arts and influencers and meme makers and, and content creators, uh, podcasts making a comeback. Drive-ins are making a comeback. Um, hmm. There's a uh, people are actually going to their parks, even though yeah. they had to shut down the cherry blossoms here. They got too uh, cramped. Erin Marie, I tried to get your daughter to the cherry blossoms. We couldn't make it there, but we did make it to Bethesda, and they have a really nice set there. So she did get to Terry Blossom's there while she was here. Aw. So that's good. Um, we, uh, uh, so, uh, that, so there's a lot of positive things going on. People are having a lot of time with their family, whether they want to do it or not. Uh, <laughs> my daughter is now going to be out for another month. I got mm. out what the evil genius. Uh, believe me, when the evil genius is left to her own devices, it can be very dangerous. So I got to get her <laughs> off the side with something. Um, so uh, let's start with Erin Marie. And uh, let's talk about what you've been binging during uh, this whole pandemic and your shelter in place. Uh, well, today it's been nonstop Tiger King because I couldn't stop get I couldn't get away from the memes on Facebook, so I was like, I have to check this <laughs> out, and that's all we've been watching all day. I've got one more episode left, but it really is as crazy as the memes make it sound. <laughs> uh, 
Um, that's interesting. I watched some of Miss Maisel again last night because Deirdre came over to bring me some toilet paper, and I finally got her to start watching that. So I got to watch some of my favorite episodes of season two. Mm. Um, what else have we been binging? I've been finishing up Chuck, and we finished up The Last Man on Earth. Excellent. Um, and I got to what watch, about like, you yesterday. Oh, go ahead. Uh, I was saying there's a few movies I've gotten uh, in that I hadn't seen, like, yesterday. Which, you okay, know, again. Danny Boyle is hit or miss with me, but I really hmm. enjoyed that one. Which one? Yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah, Danny Boyle. I said usually he's hit or miss with me, but I really enjoyed yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Yeah. You have to excuse me because I'm having technical difficulties, so I'm not hearing everything. Uh, So yesterday, oh, I still yet to see that one. I think that's pretty much it so far. (laughs) Oh, okay. All right. So it's great. So Steve, what have you been doing? I know you've been writing your ass off. I did get I did get something finally published out on the web for the five people that care today, so that that was nice. But um, I've, I've watched a lot of Stuart Gordon movies um, in the past couple of days, I guess, or since yesterday. I, I'm losing track of what's going on here in days, uh-huh. but <laughs> I'm doing that. And um, gosh, uh, I watched uh, today was the um, is the date for any Twin Peaks fans out there that in this show, the finale where Dale goes into the black lodge for 25 years. So I watched that episode for the millionth time. And, uh, Stuart, I mentioned Stuart Gordon. That's a, that's really, I can't really say, Oh, Oh, I did do the theater at home stuff. I watched the hunt and invisible man. And I rented Joe Vegas's new movie VFW, which is a really cool John Carpenter kind of escape from New York throwback or assault on preaching 13 maybe but that's that's that pretty much sums it up i guess i i tried to watch invisible man in the hunt and it's not available yet on roku so, oh is it not well it is on amazon but you have to rent it right yeah uh, I, I i i don't mind paying for it i was thinking about doing it but the other day it wasn't even available on amazon yet i haven't checked again See if I can get it. So, but it, I really want to watch The Invisible Man. So I was so impressed with uh, that movie. I wasn't expecting to even like it. I, I like Blumhouse movies. I know that it, it's it's fun to hate on him, but I mean, honestly, they pumped out some pretty solid titles, even ones I'm not hugely a fan of. I know why people like them, like The Conjuring. Oh, totally. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. So, what about Mr. Well, the Sequestered course. L.A.? Go ahead, Emily. I was just going to say the first Saw movie was his, which was incredible. And then, of course, Cooties, which is a fantastic um, Canadian horror comedy. I just love that as well. So I'm really mm-hmm. looking forward to seeing The Invisible Man. Yeah, Lee Waddle did a live commentary track for The Invisible Man the other night. I really wish I could have got in on that. Um, but I, oh, I didn't last see that. That would be great. Yeah, there's a few. Look carefully on the web because you'll notice occasionally some um, actors and, and directors are 
doing live commentary tracks for their movies right now. And I'm like, whoa, once again, lots of art and creativity happening right now. So, and Mr. Aaron Cogan just denied his Disney. What are you doing to keep, keep yourself Right? Alive? Thank God for Disney Plus. What the hell would I be doing otherwise? So what are you watching? Oh, uh, watched a lot of classic Disney. Uh, saw Midsummer for the first time. That was fun. Ooh. Oh, nice. I like it. Did I did? Um, nice. Yeah, I. Do you I, understand why Mickey, I love that movie? Sure. I mean, you can see why that movie makes me giggle all the way through. So I love that movie. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you caught up with that. They they closed down the uh, Stonehenge site in England on Salisbury Plain, where Natalie actually, if this all hadn't gone down, was going to go. She was uh, supposed to do a little spring break trip with friend uh, to London. Uh, and uh, uh, apparently... Uh, the, the the head of the local Druid chapter there, a gentleman by the name of Stewart, said, uh, it's all right. Uh, since churches are closing down anyway, uh, I understand sacrifices have to be made. And, you know, a Druid referring to sacrifices yeah. being wow. made. After, I, I know. I just... <laughs> yeah. But, uh, let's see. Yeah, more of that. Uh, uh, made Natalie watch uh, Godzilla King of the Monsters last night. And it's uh, all nice. pretty relaxing and calming here. <laughs> yeah, you get, at least you have a good sequester buddy, which is good. Um, yes. You know, uh, I I have Grandpa, I haven't seen Mike in like two weeks, like like for a long period of time. It's kind of wow. sad because he's down in the basement. But because I'm going to work, I've been staying yeah. away from him. Um, so I only kind of only look in on him. So I kind of miss Mike. Um, but I have plenty of people to hang out with. Um, Erin Marie's uh, oldest daughter is, is taking, helping us out here. And she's been a great help and a big nice. – uh, just having her around the house has been delightful. Thank you for that. Um, and uh, we also have the evil genius and, and Paul. So we're all here together hanging out. So the house is – you know, pretty lively, and that's good. So we have a decent amount of sequestering going on. I have not seen many movies. Um, I've not been watching hardly anything but news, which sucks because I've been working. Mm. So I, you know, I can't go to I can't go to the movie theater, uh, and uh, I've been trying to binge with TV shows. And I, you know, I got Ragnarok in right before this whole thing went down, but I really haven't watched anything. I tried to. Um, I saw Idiocracy again with Aaron Marie's family um, since <laughs> we were on air, and that's always a good one to lead off for a dystopian future. And <laughs> I watched, we watched To Hell and Back again uh, a couple of days ago, which is the, or is the South Animation movie uh, where, where they go to hell, and it's really cute. We showed it to Madison. It's very bro-y, but it's very, very good. So I hmm. like it. Uh, so that's really about it. I really haven't done much else. I tried to watch Invisible Man and couldn't at the time. Um, I want to watch that and the hunt. Uh, 
trying to think anything else. Oh, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart because one thing that came with uh, nice. was a was a uh, Switch. So I've and we bought her <laughs> Animal Crossing for her for uh, thank you gift to staying here. You know, bought her. So she has Animal. So she has her game, but we've occasionally been playing <laughs> Mario Kart. And Mario Kart is a lot of fun to play. I really enjoy it. I've actually did never played it on the Wii, so this is a first for me. Cute. Mario Kart on the Switch is fucking fun. That's like all it I is. <laughs> it took me a couple of like combinations and rounds to figure out what my favorite car and what my favorite character is, but now I've got it. I've got a little little uh sand dune buggy that's pretty fast but really is better at acceleration and handling and I use a, a, a ghost face character or the shy guy character but I make him look like the one from uh, Spirited Away so you know white <laughs> white mask black body he <laughs> drives around no so face. that's my character yeah so I, I really enjoy it um, so that's really all I've been doing. I haven't done much else. Um, <laughs> I have a list of things. Uh, I've, we've been trying to make sure that Lily um, has work to do from two to four every day, and that's has been helping with that. Art counts, as long as it's something educational. Um, and um, that's it. Life is just, I'm just going day job, day job, day job. A job makes me ill, and then I get home, and I don't want to, like, ill as in mentally ill. It, it's mm. actually, I, don't, I can't explain to you how terrifying it is to go to work right now. You can imagine it, but until you're actually doing it, uh, where you go into an office with a bunch of people, and the, the, the numbers keep going higher and higher, and you're out in the open, and, you, you know, you, you don't know where anybody's been. You know, I, I have, you know, you're... Ugh. It is one of I haven't felt this like like it's fucked up because I got out of a bad job to get into this one and now I'm super stressed at this one and I don't want to be stressed at this job you know so um the huntress is about to crack so she needs a lot more fun in her life <laughs> so mm. um, you know now the silver lining is, is that we have food trucks. And food trucks are relatively safe right now. So, so at least I got good food right now. So, you know, I had this kick-ass salmon bowl today. So there's been takeout. That's another civil lining. A lot of people are A-gaming their takeout games, and that's good. Yeah. Because, you know, and that's nice. Um, I saw a, a thing about Phillips on on the um, on the Facebook thread, Aaron, uh, or Philippe's, the sandwich place. Because mm-hmm. they're taking a hit, they're taking a huge hit with this coronavirus thing. But of course, they do sandwiches, so you know they're going to be fine. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so, we, we had a but, we had dine out or take out uh, America yesterday to try to make up for the restaurants losing all the profits. Uh, we have local local food truck. Um, you know, they're actually a gas station, but they're like this Mexican joint, and they're so good. So we hit them a lot. Our local McDonald's, we never patronize our local McDonald's. We're hitting that shit on a regular basis right now. Huh. <laughs> That's the thing. What what is the like the worst junk foodie thing you've eaten or weirdest thing you've eaten while this has been going down? Let's start with Aaron Marie. <laughs> 
Aaron? You're oh, muted. Me? Uh, we uh, oh, no. we I went out. Marie, but yeah, go ahead, Aaron. So, yeah, go that's ahead. what I thought. Yeah, I, that's why I was waiting. Um, yeah, I was we, waiting for you. <laughs> no, you go first, please. And did you say weirdest thing I've eaten? Weirdest thing or or junk foodiest thing you've eaten? Well, the school has actually been dropping off food every single day at the house, so. I've been eating a lot of school food, believe it or not, like oh. um, little packaged broccoli and, and PB&Js and the Uncrustables and stuff like that. But otherwise, you know, I, I stocked up on groceries pretty well. I've been making some good meals, and my refrigerator's kind of packed at the moment. <laughs> cool. What about you, Steve? You have a lot of time to your own devices. Uh. What have you come up with? <laughs> Oh my God! I mean, before or after this? Uh, earlier, I I uh, found a I found a packaged Hostess cinnamon roll and called it dinner, and it had to have had six thousand calories in it. So does that count at all? I don't know. Yes, that that would count but, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> How about you, Aaron Cogan? Well, uh, cleaning out and assessing what we have. Uh, I found a package of Spiderberry Pop-Tarts. And I don't really remember when I got those, but they've got prints of Spider-Man on them. So I, I think it was probably should for Spider-Verse, and I'm, I'm, I should be scared. But I ate them anyway because you know, quarantine, yo. Yep. <laughs> still here. I'm still All here. Right. What the hell? It just made you stronger. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I know. The worst thing for me has been the McDonald's. I've been, I've, and also, like, their coffees. I've been kind of obsessed with their coffees lately, which is, like, a terrible thing to be obsessed with. But um, we, our drought is over here. We got two big things of toilet paper today. We've been out of toilet paper. Yeah, we, we, didn't, we didn't run desperately out, but we ran low. Like, the last time hmm. I bought toilet paper was when Aaron and Maria came visit. And I still had a couple rolls of that, but there was, like, they were, like, I call it backup paper. Like, it's just really small, thin rolls of 75 cents for all four of them. <clears throat> so, you know, it's one sneak, wow. one poof, and then, you know, that's it. So, but now hmm. we're fine. We're good. We got we got toilet paper again. So, yay, that's toilet great. paper. <laughs> yay. So, yeah. Uh, um, uh, lots of whiskey. Lots of whiskey. Um, on St. Patrick's Day, we drank almost a whole bottle, one of those ginormous bottles of Jameson. Like, we downed two mm-hmm. thirds of it. That was bad. Um, mm. Myself and Eric and Paul and uh, Alex, he, he's the only person we're allowing to visit right now, is Paul's best friend, Alex. Um, and uh, so, and that might end for a couple of weeks as we're peaking here, which we're, we're, we're about four days behind um, New York. Um, our peak was post was predicted to be sometime. Our peaking period was predicted to start sometime between the 24th and the 29th. It is the 26th, so here we are. Um, and so I might, here we are. I might not. So we got to we got to hunker down for a little while. Um, and we are doubling in this area. We're in the DC area, and we're we're starting to exponentially double around here. Uh, so uh, mm. you know. So, but, but, you know, silver lining in this is that I've eaten more 
McDonald's than I'll ever care to eat for a while. I'm sure that'll turn me off of McDonald's. Um, I also want to buy a Nintendo Switch now. And they do have, they just, before this all went down, did actually add a exercise game to the Switch. So I'm going to get that when I get the Switch. But right now, Switches are sold out across the nation. Big surprise. Game, GameStop refused to close for a while because they were making so much money because so people were hmm. buying gaming yeah. consoles so they could hunker down. The gaming industry is doing pretty well that way. <laughs> but once they got the Animal Crossing launch done, they closed down. So <laughs> I think that was really what they were holding out for. Um, Third Eye Comics hasn't closed, actually. Um, they've gone to curbside, uh, but they actually haven't closed. They allow like a couple people into their into their building still. So um, that's kind of crazy. Like like it's weird. What I, they might be closed now because the, uh, the the floor might be closed now because we actually officially uh, called the non-essential businesses on the, over the week before the weekend. Uh, but um, you can still buy you can still buy toys and games and stuff from Third Eye, and, and that's awesome. Uh, except for uh, I don't know if you've heard that a, the the company that produces comic book print, like the the actual yeah. printed comic books that everybody uses, is shuttered. So there is going to be no printed comic books for the foreseeable mm. future, My and that's God. devastating. Yeah, yeah, can you imagine is. a world really without is. comic books and graphic novels? Oh my God! The web can't quite replace the smell and feel and texture of those art panels. I agree. You know, uh, so uh, you know, but right. maybe it'll come back. I'm not worried about the economy that way because once this is all over, you're going to see everybody. I mean, everybody wants to allow the to go ahead. Dude, it's going to turn on like a switch, and everyone's going to go to fucking movies. Yeah. Everyone's going to go to restaurants. Everyone's going to go outside because it's going to be like, um, like you know that episode of The Simpsons where all the power goes out and all the kids decide to go outside and then the pastoral by Beethoven's symphony will play? <laughs> oh, that, that's when Krusty uh, starts sucking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. Crusty, that's right. They turn crusty off, and they all walk outside. That's right. So that, that that's what it's gonna be like. So there, we will yeah. get through this. And the great thing about us geeks and us Gen Xers, especially, we know how to do this. I mean, we don't like people as oh, yeah. anyway. So Gen, Gen Xers get forgotten all the time. So we we, we can take this and try. Matter of fact, there's been articles about how Gen X is handling this better than any other generation right now, which is kind of amazing, even though we're having no, quite a lot of people <laughs> our generation has ended up in the hospital. Because um, uh, when we get sick, we get sick. We are in our 40s and plus, after all. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, we have to be honest about that. <laughs> you know, so, but um, we're handling it destroyed. We got our gaming consoles. We got our, our DVDs because Netflix and YouTube are being uh, slowed down. And so we've got that. The internet's not always reliable, even though everyone has it. So we have plenty to do and see. So ask the geeks, if you need something to do, we have a suggestion. Please call in and tell us what you're doing, because we'd love to hear what you're watching during the uh, pandemic. So our phone number is 646-716-9172. Once again, that's 646-716-9172. The sexy witches are looking for your call. I think I'm going to take a couple-minute break. And then we're going to come back after the, after the scene is over, and we will talk about 
uh, Max von Sydow and director Stuart Gordon, and our love for those two people, and rest in peace. So we'll be right back. They were taken to the hall of King Osric, the usurper. Once a powerful Northman like my lord, but now old and sodded. I know what you've done. Why, Rexar himself has come before me, threatened me, the king. What daring, what outrageousness, what insolence, what arrogance. I salute you. <laughs> Falsa doom. I've chafed for years at this demigod. Snakes in my beautiful cities. To the west, Nemedia Aquilonia. To the south, Carth Stygia. Snakes. Everywhere, these evil towers. You alone have stood up to their gods. And what are you? Have you seen this? They call it the fangs of the serpent. And this one was thrust into a father's heart by his very son. And my own daughter has fallen under this false doom's spell. Is there a dagger? such as this in her hand for me? She follows him as a slave, seeking for the truth of her soul, as if I could not give it to her. As we speak, my daughter travels east to Salsa Doom and his mountain of power. She is to be his. Steal my daughter back. Take all you can carry. There's more. There's much more. Enough to become kings yourself. There comes a time, thief, when the jewels cease to sparkle. Gold loses its luster when the throne room becomes a prison. And all that is left is a father's love for his child. And we're back. And that was Max von Friedau as King Osric from Conan the Barbarian, one of my favorite films of all time. And in one very short but very memorable two-minute and 30-second sequence of that movie, we get him in. And that is Max von Sydow to a T. With a couple exceptions, he was never the star. He was always the supporting character actor, but usually, honestly, those are the best people anyways. And he had, set, uh, what, over 100 movies in his, uh, in his repertoire of all types. And if you don't know him, you probably have seen him in a movie. I almost guarantee you that. Yeah. Uh, he did so much. And um, I want to bring on our guest tonight, because uh, uh, he's an excellent person to talk about Max von Sydow in one of his most famous roles, 
a movie that I actually can't speak on as well as some others, so I decided to ask him to come on the show tonight. So please, from uh, the, 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 oh, oh my God, I forgot where you're from right now. Uh, from the Valley, <laughs> from the Ohio Valley, please welcome to the show, Mr. Dollar Bin, Eric Polk. Thank you for coming on the Sexy Witches. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Hey, hey. How's it going there? Thank you for coming on oh. the show. Um, the Thanks for uh, having me on. Always, my dear. Aaron Cogan and Steve Wandling, and uh, we are going to talk about Max von Sydow and Stuart Gordon, <laughs> two of our favorite oh, yes. people of all time. And I wanted to bring you on, sir, because one of your favorite films of all time, because we're going to talk about a couple of favorite films of all time. I talked about Conan. I can talk about Conan on its own show. That, that movie is so important to me. But Max von Sydow was even more important to your life because he played the priest in The Exorcist. And a lot of people don't he realize he was only in his 30s at the time he did that movie, but he looked, but he was aged makeup by the famous Dick Lee. Uh, or Dick Smith. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I keep doing that. I did it last episode too. Um, so please talk about uh, Max von Sydow and and The Exorcist and why that performance in particular is important. Okay. Well, if uh, for those who've seen, I know a lot of people have seen the movie, but Max von Sydow in the very in the beginning, I'm gonna I'm gonna reference the uh, the the Exorcist movie version that came out about. Ten years ago, the version you haven't seen. Uh, basically, it start it starts with him, and he's in uh he's in Iraq. I mean, bef- there, you know, bef- years before the first Gulf War, you know, and he, you're looking at a very frail, kind of a pathetic uh, character in the beginning, and ba- and and he was there to he was there to form, perform an exorcism. And once he completes that, he happens to stumble upon a big statue of Panzuzu, who plays into the story a little bit later on to start with. And uh, when uh, he comes along, and he comes along to bring the you know father with the, to bring Father Karras along to do to perform the actual exorcism on a poor little Reagan, poor little Reagan. Oh my goodness! Um, Linda, Linda Blair had. That was one of Bear's blessed roles, as far as I'm concerned. Well, that and Savage Streets, but <laughs> I digress on that one. Um, he's one. He's he's trying, you know, and using all of his faith and all of his power, you know, all the all he could ta- all he all he all he could do, and he, you know, and he and he fell he fell in his he fell in his hex to perform the exorcism, unfortunately. So, and he's the one that started off saying the power of Christ compels you, the power of Christ compels you, and really. You know, it, and, it, and it's scary. It, it was scary the way everything was was just coming was going on. You know, Panzuzu fighting, fighting, fighting off uh, the exorcism and everything. It's just really, really this big hodgepodge of fear. And the exorcism is still the only movie that scares me to this very day. You know, I'm 44 years old and I've seen tons of horror films, but that one, I still get creep. That still creeps me out after all this time. It's it, other sexy witches can join in here, but one of the things I find compelling about Max von Sydow's performance in The Exorcist is that it could have easily gone overboard. It, it, it is a yeah. very very easy character yeah. to really want to overplay and be grandiose. Like I would say, like a Robert Duvall type person would not play it anywhere as way, way Max von Sydow. 
And he always was able to bring a bit of gravitas, even to some of his silliest, biggest characters. Like, he was, you know, uh, I, I like to point out Strange Brew, for example. Uh, you know, the mm-hmm. Robin Doug McKenzie movie. Uh, he plays a villain, and his villain is actually kind of scary. And, and he, he, you know, and it's a very, very silly movie. I mean, from beginning to end, and- there's nothing... Yes, speaking of speaking of silly movies, I mean he was in he was in the ninety five version of Judge Dredd for God's sakes, and he actually was yeah. the only thing I liked about that movie. Yeah, you know, yeah, I mean he he was often better than the movies he was in, and that is a yeah. true uh, the true value of a great character actor is they can do anything you hand them. Uh, so. Um, Let's see. Uh, anybody can chime in. What is some of our favorite roles that you think of when you hear Max von Sydow's name? Okay. Okay. All right. Who wants to go? Two of you. Long oh, live Ming. The Emperor yeah, Ming. Thank you. Thank you. Ming. <laughs> Come on. Ming. Oh man! Once again, silly movie, gravitas to a character, and he does it with a wink in his eye, but he's still totally convincing as a villain. Like he's terrifying, actually. I mean, so there's some really funny things happening in that movie. Yeah, Um, he he had a little role. He had he had a little bit role in the Force Awakens in the opening. You know, giving uh, giving Paul Jammer in the link. Yeah, set the tone beautifully. Mm-hmm. I always think one of, one of my Mark Bergman stuff. <laughs> like the seventh Mark seal. Bergman. I mean, come on. He was in the friggin' seventh seal. He's the one that oh my god, with yeah. the death and with wild with strawberries. Oh my god. I oh, mean, yeah. let's, let's also think one of my favorite unsung movies um, is Dreamscape with the, with Dennis Quaid. Oh, yeah. and, Oh and yeah, he's in, he has a small role in that, and he's really good in that. Um, you know, I love him. I I I love the man to death. He was in almost he was they turned around. He couldn't fall on a Max von Sydow performance. You know, needful things. Mm-hmm. He played the devil. Yeah, well, that's right. You know, I've never yeah. seen needful things. He was I mean, also I was watching as a kid. Yeah, he was yeah, in uh, Vigo the Conqueror in Ghostbusters too. Oh, I never knew that until just now. Yeah, that's his voice. Oh, my gosh. I, for- Is that I completely voice? forgot about that. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. man. Yeah. Not only is it sadder, um, let's see. Uh, I was like, Air Marie, do you have any other people, uh, movies you want to contribute? Well, I wasn't uh, thinking movie. I was thinking he was the raven that taught uh, Bran. You know, right. oh, yeah. three-eyed raven. Right. That's right. Oh my God, he was! I keep forgetting he was a three-eyed raven too, man. Oh my! Wow. <laughs> he, he really, he was, he really was a genre great, wasn't he? Oh my gosh, he was in. Was he ever in a Star Trek? I don't think so. Do, That's what I remember. I know Chris. So he definitely did Star Wars and he did Game of Thrones, but he we don't know if he did Star Trek. I don't know. I I can't get IMDB to come up right now. So I'm having, like I said, massive technical difficulties. So I can't fact check to see if he was actually. I was also trying to see if if there was was any overlap 
between him and Stuart Gordon? I don't think there is. I don't think there is either. No, I, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything. I mean, plenty of other amazing crossovers with, with uh, Gordon we'll, get, oh, we'll talk about in a couple minutes, but um, I wanted to give a little bit more attention to CEDA. Um <coughs> Someone take it, though, would you? No, that's not a well, coronavirus was... cough. <laughs> that's me choking. Hope not. That's me choking on exactly. coffee. He was a really effective uh, multi-layered villain in uh, Steven Spielberg's Minority Report. Uh, I really oh, enjoyed God, him. Oh, he was that. a minority. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that movie is again, way better than people give it credit for. I actually think I agree that was pretty darn good. I do, too. That's a lot of theaters. Um, I love that. I, did too. I remember that. So yeah, I love that movie. And then yeah, no, we're going to get <laughs> Cool. I, I I always find it kind of amazing how well Philip K. Dick stories adapt to movies. Because they're not always yeah. pleasant reads, but they sure are cinematic. I mean, they they translate mm-hmm. well. I mean, yeah. I went out of my way to see Scanner Darkly because I was like, I have to see this in the theater, and I was not disappointed. So um, <laughs> okay. that's so, a good one. You know, I still haven't seen one. that one. Oh my gosh, oh, you love it, Aaron. It is so up your alley. Speaking of up your alley, did you hear that uh, Pornhub is going to be free in the United States for the next 30 days? Yes, I did. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Get your high- you know, silver. Yeah, get, get your Palm Terry, ladies and gentlemen. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea what Pornhub is like. I, 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 I mean, what else are people going to do? Sure. <laughs> sure. I mean, we're going to have Corona babies. You know, in, uh, in, in, in the 12. fall. And come into so uh, the year. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to have a baby boom in the next year or so. And so you're said saying when they're in ten, 12, 13 years, 10 years we're going to have quarantines? quarantines. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. I saw oh. that joke. God. Driving me crazy. Two things that drive me crazy about this, uh, about the, about these quarantines is one, I don't have any freaking hockey for God's sakes. Right? You know? Oh my God! <laughs> so the Aaron, very is last freaking Ducks team. We do not have hockey. It is yeah. Fucking We're like Sorry, it's like we're we're like we were within a month of the playoffs for God's sakes, you know? We were a month well, away. Is, the, the, the that's just hat trick the Ducks have ever produced. Flyers. And we saw it we right there, tied. and then the next night, nothing. Oh. No, no hockey. Anymore. Yeah. Not, you know? We were – oh, my God. I, it is the worst thing not being without hockey. I, I, I can miss <laughs> other things. Not having hockey it has been – I don't know why it's affecting me so much. But, I mean, like, but just leaving it with the Flyers and the Cats tied, who hate each other, by the way. The Flyers mm-hmm. and the Cats hate each other more than – the Cavs hate the Pittsburgh Penguins, and really, it's more of a rivalry. We're the opponents with yeah. the Penguins than an actual yeah. hatred. Um, we hate the Flyers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Flyers and Who doesn't hate the Flyers except the Flyers fans, fans? You know, the fans are the worst. The worst. Yeah. Fans. Even the Pittsburgh fans says the Flyers fans are the worst. So we were oh left my God. and we. So we will never know. Like 
at least Ovechkin got to score his 700th career goal right before it went. I'm just glad I wasn't against Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's mm. not, I mean, no. No, it wasn't know. against Pittsburgh, but yeah, Pittsburgh thank God. Had a great year. So you guys were doing well, better in the back half. Yeah, well, actually, we had a really good year, but then then uh, they went like on a six game losing streak. You know, right before the, right before everything got wiped out, and they then they went on a, like a two game winning streak, and then everything shut down. You know, yeah, we so. were making a joke that because the, the the cats were kind of in this weird slump for a while too, that we were in some kind of weird universe because they were being beaten by every team, but we still we beat Pittsburgh because we barely beat Pittsburgh. <laughs> Pittsburgh and I was always back <laughs> with with them squeaking out by a goal, fucking Latang. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and so we're like, but we beat the crap out of Pittsburgh last time we saw them, but we lost against, like, the last place team, you know, yeah, like, really lost, you know, so yeah, it was some bizarre world. Maybe that was a, maybe that was just the omen, um, Eric, of what was to come. <laughs> removing. Because it was, it was really <laughs> weird. You know, we yeah. also are sad because Braden Holpe, this was his last season. He was going free agent. So we'll never – he's not going to get to finish his final year with the Cats. And that mm-hmm. makes me sad, too, because Braden Holpe is amazing. Um, but anyway, no more yeah. sports talk because this is not what this is about. But I, I hear you. I feel you, Eric Polk. And we will be yeah. suffering silence together because the sailing <laughs> playoffs would be happening right now. They would just be starting. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. On that. Yeah, oh well. <laughs> yeah. But you know, but other losses, at least hockey will come back. Unfortunately Max Muncy Dow and Stuart Gordon will, will not. not. And I wanted to shift yeah. um gears and talk Stuart Gordon a little bit. Um he was from the Chicago area originally, if I remember right. Um he he actually has quite a bit of pedigree. He came up with um the SCTV people and was really yeah. close friends with William H. Macy and da- the playwright David Mamet. Um, matter of fact, they wrote plays together. So uh, he, you know, so uh, he wasn't just a genre guy. I mean, he he learned and worked with the best, and he gave us a good, solid body of work. Even his cheesiest films have entertainment value. And uh, he's been a hero of mine forever and ever. One of the reasons why I went to Scares That Cares for the first time was because he was there with his wife, Carolyn, and I really wanted to meet them both because I'm a huge fan, and Carolyn stars in Dolls, one of my favorite movies of all time by Stuart Baldwin. A lot of people love Reanimator, and I'm going to let well, you guys go at it on Reanimator, whoever wants to take uh, I think I would assume that either Aaron Marie or Stephen Wanley would want to take the lead on Reanimator. Um, but I, I wanted to lead off with dolls because a lot of people forget it. Um, there's three. The, the the entire era of Charles Band movies was delightful. And Stuart Gordon was the reason why it was delightful. And he did three films in a row, and two of them were back to back in the same set. First one was Reanimator with Jeffrey Combs, and that's actually how he met Jeffrey Combs was through Reanimator. They weren't close friends. Uh, Aaron Marie and I went to a uh, panel. And they talked about how they, uh, Jeffrey Combs talked how they met for the first time. And it was like he literally answered an ad. <laughs> you know, it was how it worked. And then magic happened. Uh, but then right after that, he did From Beyond. 
and he did dolls, which are shot on the same set, actually. Um, and uh, which, uh, from beyond, is, is also Lovecraftian. Actually, even I would say more Lovecraftian than more so, Reanimator. Yeah. 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 And yeah, then, um, then Dolls, which is actually completely a different tone. It is a fairy tale. <laughs> it is fractured tales. A lot of people <laughs> miss it or dismiss it because they think it's a puppet master movie. And there is some confusion because the lead guy, lead witch in Dolls, does play the lead guy in Puppet Master. Okay, it is the same guy, but they're, it's oh, not a Puppet Master movie. First of all, the budget for the anim, for the stop animated puppets, I'm sure, is more than any budget that any Puppet Master movie had. <laughs> has. Oh, yeah. um, and mm-hmm. it's also the tone is completely different. It's uh, seen through the eyes of a child. Um, <laughs> the parents are the villains. <laughs> the dolls aren't necessarily the bad guys. <laughs> no. Excuse me while I cough a bit. <laughs> so, um, the Empire era ends, though, with two other films that also were very prominent in the 80s. And I know Erin Marie, I'll have her talk about this after I have Steve talk about Reanimator, but uh, is Castle Freak and Castle Dagon. Freak. Um, I, I, I've never seen Dagon. Which is actually kind of amazing. Um, I probably I watched see it yesterday. Dagon, yeah, I have never. It's on TV right now Dagon. for free. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I read the I read um, the, story, the Lovecraft stories based off of. Um, Mike Lombardo, who directed I Dream of a, a White Doomsday, says he would die on the hill to say that Dagon is the best Lovecraftian adaptation there is. So yeah, I, I, I tell you what, that it feels, is, but, yeah. Yeah, um, no, I, I it have feels way Cass- more just like ripped from the page. I, I, I should see that. I really need to. Now, Dagon, uh, Castle Freak, is is actually really fucked up little movie. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw that the first time last year Last year, for when uh, Joe Bob Briggs had on his last drive-in. Actually, that was the first time I've yeah, seen that movie. Actually, it's, I had seen it once before. That, but not really paid attention to it. That was really the first time I really did a deep dive into that movie. And the set alone is kind of amazing. It speaks for itself, which is cool. The castle that they shoot in. Um, Erin Marie says Castle Freak is one of her all-time favorite movies. So what makes you love Castle Freak so much, Erin Marie? The gothic atmosphere, the moving to a strange country, the weird-ass family. I mean, <laughs> everything about it is so fucking cool. And, of course, you've got Barbara Crampton and, um, oh, my God. Jeffrey wow. Combs? Isn't Jeffrey Combs in that Thank movie? You. Yes, Thank he you. Is. Jeffrey Combs. In that movie. Together again. <laughs> uh, and it really is an incredible role. Uh, for Jeffrey Combs, because he's playing an an alcoholic father who bears the guilt of the death of one of their children. So they're trying to salvage this marriage, and then there's this weird fucking hybrid mutated human living in the basement who eats people in his bathroom. It's just it's a fucked up movie, but it's so good. And, and and even though there is this creepy dude in the basement, there is a level of empathy you feel for this character, and I'm sure that is Stuart Goddard's tone oh, in the film. I, I mean, because he, he he's he's a villain, but you kind of feel sad for him. At least I did. 
he's a villain in the same sense that Leatherface is. He doesn't know any better. He's been raised in this wicked, horrible condition thinking that what he does is normal. You know what I mean? Or that his existence is its just a really hard existence of abuse and, and being chained and being a freak. Um, it being a freak and being um having your body like he's not Cronenberg, you know, straight up body horror, but there is an element to body horror to Castle Freak, and it's because of the makeup involved with the Castle Freak himself. He's a quite a spectacular specimen to look at in the movie. Uh, but all of his films have this thing about altering your body and changing it and rearranging it. Um, and uh, so, it, but it's not quite played to the horror level like, let's say, Cronenberg would do with Scanners or with uh, Videodrome. But it does have a similar vibe. And Steve, go ahead. Steve, Steve I wanted yes, you to talk yes, about yes. Reanimator a little bit because I know you love that movie. I do. I do love that movie. It's one of my one of my favorite movies. Um, I, uh, I I love the things that I, I there's just so much. I was just thinking about it. Um, it really does like Stuart Gordon in that movie. Like you hear people say a lot less is more. And it just seemed like reanimator relishes in everything that it does. And it goes, it's so bombastic and so kind of big. And I'm sure at the time, especially in 1985 year I was born, uh, it would have been even more outlandish and outrageously fun on a big screen. It just asks you to go on this journey with, with the, and it's got, you know, the whole kind of, classic mad scientist bringing the dead back to life and it all just does it with such kind of a perverse glee and you've got that great bernard herman like score with all the strings and stuff and of course again jeffrey combs and uh um barbara crampton and bruce abbott make a nice little uh trifecta of kind of like warring personalities and it's it, everything about it works and it's just bonkers crazy i i can't i can watch it anytime it's on yeah. Oh, we gotta talk Not about that. We gotta talk about that money shot. Not the money shot. Yeah, I, I was gonna bring up the money shot. Oh my god, that what is. I remember, yeah, I remember. Oh, I remember when I was ten when that movie came out, and my dad rented it on VHS, and he let me watch it. And then yeah. I, was, I had I had a lot of questions afterwards. <laughs> you know. Uh. I'm just like, how the hell are they doing? This? How do they do this? You know, and I would, you know, uh, I, I, every know, time I see Barbara Crandall, think that poor girl. Everybody loves that moment, but the, the the moment that I love the most in Reanimator is right after his head comes to life in the tray, and he looks at him <laughs> and he's like, "You son of a bitch!" <laughs> he's just so mad at him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like he has every right to be mad with him. This ends in a fucking tray. I, I think I would be mad too. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. I love the part I, when I, he tells him to get a job in a sideshow. Uh, <laughs> yells at him. He's like, you know, he's like, you're not gonna get any credit. Get a job in a sideshow. You're ahead in a jar or a tray or whatever. It's uh, just, yeah, I love the I love the little quips. Yeah, I don't know why, but that the one oh, scene when he develops. After he develops the serum and he ducks into that dead cat, I'm just like, and he's coming back. Oh, you know, I like that scene. I, you know, Jeff, don't expect Jeffrey it to tango. Jeffrey signed on my poster. Uh, he said, "The cat died." I'll tell you later. Oh, details later. That's underneath his uh, autograph. So <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty oh, awesome. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I know. 
Um, Stuart Gordon was so nice to me. Uh, I was so excited. He was the first, and that photo with Aaron Marie and I is the first candid photo I ever took at a horror convention. So that was kind of oh, cool. cool. And um, uh, and uh, you know, and it, of course, his '80s films obviously influenced all of us, and we all have personal favorites in this group. But he 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 made films well. He was still making movies actually, and. Um, he did a small handful of films, modern films, and one of them I like to point out is a movie called Stuck, which is based on a real incident that happened where a woman accidentally hit a guy. He went through the windshield but survived but got stuck in the windshield and he couldn't get out. Oh. He damaged himself more. Yikes. And instead of trying to go and get him rescued out of his car, her car, she parks it in the garage and leaves him there. And that's the premise oh of the movie. Um, it, it, wow. It there, it, what, but like most Stuart Gilden films, there's a level of dark humor that keeps it from getting too nihilistic. Because believe me, when you're doing Lovecrafting especially, you can go super nihilistic super quick. And he's always, even mm-hmm. Castle Freak, which is the darkest tone he had other than Dagon, which I haven't seen, he's always pulling back and giving us just a little bit of peek under the curtain. Uh, and it keeps it from getting <laughs> yeah. too, too serious. I, 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 Peter Jackson does that too, and I've always appreciated that. Uh, and, but uh, <clears throat> Stuck is fucked up. It's, I, I recommend Stuck because it's a true nightmare. It's a true horror film in that way. Um, he also did a film, and it's more of a character study, and he did it with David Mamet and William Macy. A lot of, and it's called Edmund. And it's actually oh, more yeah. of a character study of a person, but it ends up... Uh, what this person's night, he ends up being a murderer. It's a murderer. We'll, we'll spoil it right there. But it's what what he does up to the murder, like his day, what his day was like and why he ended up killing someone. Um, and it's actually, uh, and it feels like a play. It's a play on film. Uh, and uh, I would recommend that because, hell, how often do you get David Mamet co- uh, collaborating with Stuart Gordon? <laughs> I mean, you got some of the three of the – coolest people on the planet. Yeah, that's on that so, pretty special. Yeah, it, it really is. So uh, I recommend those. And, and Edmund also has a beautiful cinematography. It's the, the tones in that movie are good, and it's a true Chicago feel to that film. So, uh, you know, I, I, I would even Robot Jocks. Do you want to talk about a silly film? I saw that in the Robot theaters, Jocks? and I loved that fucking film. Isn't it fun and silly? Yes. Hella fun. Talk about it. Talk about rock. Uh, Aaron, you've hey, I want to hear about this. You. Oh, Robot Jocks is just... Okay, Jocks. it's uh, post-World War III. There are no more wars. There are two superpowers. And the way they, they settle the scores between them is with giant mech fights. And that's right all on. you need to know, man. <laughs> Fucking I'm sold. awesome. I'm sold. Fucking fun. <laughs> Uh, yeah, 1989, I want to say. Saw it in the theater. Fucking loved it. Like that. Is it nice. after a doll? Dolls is 87, which is the best year of film ever. Um, and then Hell yeah. yeah, it might have been after it. Yeah. So <laughs> the magic, the magic year that was 1987 is such an important year. Um, my God. Um, uh, <laughs> so. The company that's currently doing MST3K, and I'm blanking on their name right now. Uh, came out with a, a really nice Blu-ray of it a few years back, which is Shout unfortunately Factory. sold out right now. Yes, thank you. Shout yeah. Factory, exactly. 
Should have picked it up when I had the chance, damn it. They do nice stuff. Oh, that reminds me, Erin Maria, that's been the thing to talk about on air. Speaking of Shout Factory, um, one of the things that's taking a massive hit right now are retail shops, obviously, and a lot of uh, DVD and um, uh, VHS show things are forced to close, right? Yeah. When it reopens, I'm going to drive up to Connecticut and punk down a bunch of money at the archives. Um, which is the um, store that has the, uh, you know, the, the Vinegar Syndrome store. And they Vinegar also have Shop Factory yeah. and Severn. We, we really should go patronize their business because they're taking a hit right now. And they just got their shit together. So, <laughs> you know, we got to support our local businesses. Anyway, I digress. Um, anything else we want to talk about, Stuart Gordon? I mean, really, I mean, I can walk Honey, up to the kids. any horror geek and, and say his name, and they will give me a movie back. And I've always been amazed by that. And Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I have to mention that. He came. He, oh, he yeah. was originally oh, supposed to direct Please. it. Yeah, he co-created it. Yeah, story credit. And, and it's funny because I didn't know that until much later in life that he, he, he helped to create that movie. But there is, if you think about it, there is a kind of a dark tone to that movie. That's not indicative of Disney. Like yeah, Disney can go it, dark, it, but there was, you know, like Watcher in the like, Woods. But I, oh well, yeah, <laughs> they still haven't released that on this Plus, though. So you know, until they do, <clears throat> Disney, you know, you, you have a job to do. Um, <laughs> right now would be an excellent time to drop that shit too. Um, uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. He also helped with the the ride, I believe. Honey, I Shrunk the Audience. I actually think he did oh, help yeah. with the ride. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, uh, I but I always felt a little scarred by Honey, I Shrunk the Kids because the ant's so cute and it dies in a scorpion fight. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so <laughs> sad. <laughs> so, uh, oh my god! I mean, his hand was in every pot. Um, he was a master of horror. And so he pre- he was very prevalent during the madness this year. Um, so he obviously worked with Mick Garris, and Mick Garris is crying his eyes out right now, as he should be like the rest of us. And he, he did two episodes with him. I don't remember which ones. And once again, I'm having technical difficulties. I can't even call up IMDb right now. Uh, so uh, I'd rather just not touch the computer and let it, you know, not crash on me, <coughs> but um, let's see. Uh, am, am I missing anything else about Stuart Gordon or Max von Sydow we should bring up? Uh, in the movie from uh, Beyond, which I I love, the I he said one of my favorite lines in horror is mentioned in that movie, and it's uh, it's humans are such easy prey. You know, I love that. I love that line from that movie. I always liked how it reanimator. Barbara Crampton is the every person, and Jeffrey Combs is the mad scientist. But in From Beyond, uh, uh, Jeffrey Combs is the every person, and Barbara Crampton is actually the mad scientist. And I actually yep. always thought that was kind of neat that she gets to be the 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 go out of the box role. And Jeffrey Combs has a lot of makeup effects fun, but he his character is kind of. The Everyman. He's more closer to the Bruce Abbott character in Reanimator. Yeah, true. 
Definitely. Oh. You know, for years you couldn't get from beyond. Yeah, you know, I, I remember had, that. I, I, it on I used to read about it. No, no, yeah, I, just I had it was on VHS for a while, but then it went out of print because that's how I remember seeing it. Seeing that movie was on a was on VHS, and it had the picture. I think it was kind of like a pink. It was like a pinkish, purplish box, and it had uh, the line on there saying, "Humans are such easy prey." <laughs> yeah, on that one. Yeah, no, it, you could couldn't get. You could get. You could get Reanimator. You could get Dolls, even though mm-hmm. Dolls wasn't always the easiest one to get. Uh, but Fighting oh, from Beyond dolls? for a while was near impossible. Go ahead. Dolls has like one of my favorite v- back in back when it came out on VHS. I love the cover of that. What with when the dolls taking the eyes taking the eyes out of her sockets and her face is is turning into is turning into a skull. I, I love that. What one madness year when we did doll evil dolls? I actually a friend of mine, Jesse Hughes, made a made me a couple of uh, doll like crocheted dolls from the cover of dolls. By the way, she's actually terrified of dolls and never seen the movie, even though she makes dolls for a living. Who knew? <laughs> so. Uh, but she made me two, and I kept one, and I gave the other to the winner that year, which happened to be, I believe, Newt White. Um, so uh, she got a dolly from me. Uh, yeah, the cover, but the cover is just the cover. It actually really has not much to do with the movie, even though the moment that the cover is reflecting is actually even more terrifying in the movie. Hmm. <laughs> I actually mm-hmm. thought. I always find like dolls because it's not a scary horror film, but it's creepy all the way through. And that creep factor gets under my skin and I'm not afraid of dolls. But for some reason those dolls freak me out. And a lot of it has to do with what's underneath the porcelain. Uh, they show you and it's like, ew. <laughs> you know, so, um, and, 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 you know, they, 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 you, how do you reason with something that doesn't care about anything? But, you know, and I've always liked the doll movie. Wait, wait, you it's, said we were not going to do politics tonight. We were not going to talk about Trump. The hell? I didn't talk about Trump. That was a little That's joke the there, you said. Reason with something that doesn't care. Never mind. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, oh, no, no. You want me to go dark and nihilistic? I can go dark and nihilistic, but I'd rather not. I was um, trying to make a funny. I mean, you know, uh, things are going down. Four hours from here is New York City, and shit's going yeah. down right now around here. So, mm. uh, you know, uh, but, uh, but no, it, you know, Stuart Gordon, I, even though he's Lovecraftian, has never been nihilistic. And I, even though not oh. always a happy ending, don't get me wrong, his films do not yeah. necessarily have happy endings. Most of them don't, actually. Uh, so, mm. uh, you know, but, but they don't have that, like, yeah, fuck the world, we're all going to die feel. You know, even Robot Docs, where everyone already has died. <laughs> no, it has a really nice, <laughs> uplifting ending, actually. Yeah. No, hey, speaking of so, speaking uh, of dolls, uh, if you guys have for those who want to stream it, it's both available on Pro- on Amazon Prime and Pluto TV for free. If the nice. been checking Yay. it out. Guess I I'm gonna watch dolls coffee, tonight for the first time since. Yeah, hmm? oh, you've never seen dolls? No, I've seen it. I said for the first time since, and then I stopped talking. I was a very young child. I uh, need to watch it again. I guess. Uh, yeah, you should. We might remind you. Of I that. know. I kind actually didn't even. Re- 
I didn't remember that was the Stuart Gordon movie actually until the obituary. But that is so normal. Like I, a lot of people like they know Reanimator and they know From Beyond, but they don't know Dolls. And I've always been kind of amazed, even though From Beyond was harder to find. Uh, I'm not sure why Dolls got missed. Even Roger Ebert gave it a good review in the 80s. Huh. And I that's mean, strange for him because know. he hates horror films. Yeah, yes, no, he, he likes he well, hates he the majority of horror films. films. But he likes fairy tales, and he likes the fairy tale aspect of the movie. And there is very much a, a fairy tale aspect to Dolls. And there's some of my favorite horror films, too, that have a fairy tale uh, twist to it. It's surprising because we didn't actually talk about it in our last episode, which was folk and fairy tale horror. But really, it's probably my favorite fairy tale horror. It, I, I actually ranked my favorite top ten horror films at one point, and I believe it came in at number four. So, wow. Hmm. Yeah, right behind I'm gonna watch uh, Zombie, Dead Alive, and Evil Dead 2. My number two. Dead Alive. Zombie's my number two. So, number two? Yes, my number two. Behind Exorcist. That's, that's yes. you know, I think we've bonded about that before, Eric Polk. And, uh, yeah. Because we, 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 we have very similar tastes in movies. And we've always like bonded over some of the more unusual ones. So that's yeah. Um, <clears throat> so um, Eric Polk, uh, what have you been doing lately? And do you have any movies or books you want to plug for tonight? Okay. okay well, well, um, as far as horror goes, I'm uh, I'm doing a. I started doing a video cast last couple of weeks ago on Facebook Live. It's called Talking Terror. Um. Not really a whole lot different from Dollar Ben Horror Radio, but it's a little more compact. Uh, and I talk, I try to do, I try to, do, I try to do some different things. Like uh, last week, I did a, did my, I, I reset my top ten of favorite horror movies of all time. And this week, I'm going to talk a little bit. Tomorrow, actually, tomorrow night, actually, I'm going to be talking about Stuart Gordon's uh, passing, and I'm going to do some. Uh, Hopefully, and and hopefully, if I get a chance, I'll be doing uh, talking about my favorite horror movie quotes, which I've chosen a few that aren't necessarily like the big ones, you know, like your mother sucks cocks in hell, power of price compels you, uh, hello Clarice, you know, things like that. I try to go hello, for like, little lesser known ones, um, <laughs> nightmare, like night, like there's, but like I'll I'll give a little example, like night, everybody knows Nightmare on Elm Street three, Freddy's big line. You know, here's your big breaking TV. Welcome to prime time, bitch. Um, yeah. I have another one I really like. It's the one. It's the one when Freddy first comes up and cut and cut, turns that one dude into a puppet. And uh, poor Ink King just wakes up, looks at him, and he goes, uh, "Have a nice stroll, asshole." I love that one. <laughs> <laughs> I always like that too. I love it. Or, or the, love it. The speech in the in the tower, the bastard of a thousand maniacs. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I just wa- I just watched it again a few weeks ago, and it's you know it's it still holds up. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's a there's a song from Dawkins in there, but you know I love the song. You know, it still holds oh, up dude, today. I got to I, I saw Dawkins play that a small mini concert with that song before a special screening of of three with Chuck Russell yeah. and Nancy and and uh, Heather Langenkamp in attendance doing a live commentary. So there's just nothing better than that. <laughs> oh hell no! Yeah. Hell 1987, no. the golden year, the golden year, 1987. Yes, the golden yeah, year I mean, of the, the golden year of horror. 
You know, I it totally really agree. Was. Well, it was a golden year of movies. Oh, even the yeah, mainstream yeah. films were weird and awesome in 1987. I've done panels mm-hmm. on 1987 because it's that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. And one of my but one of my favorites is... of. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Oh, and I was going to say one of my favorite uh, non-horror, non-science fiction movies came out in 1987. That's Wall Street. That I've seen yeah, that movie dozens of times. I've Love that movie. Uh, yeah, 87 was such a great year. Uh, so, yeah. Um, is anybody, uh, Steve Wandling, I know that you're writing for Creepy Zine again, so why don't you tell the world what you're doing where they can find you? Oh, okay. Um, you can check out uh, any of my writings at creepylovely.com, and uh, that's pro- about it unless you're listening to a podcast. Ah, but you just wrote an article, you said. What's the article on? Yeah, I'll, it's, it's just uh, the article that I just published on Creepy Lovely is uh, an interview with Scott, Scott Philip Gorgans, who is the director of 29 Needles, which um, it won some awards at, like, the, what is it, the Nightmare Film Festival. Sorry, I should have yeah, known that. Yeah, totally. But, um, yeah, it, um, it won an award there. It won a few more awards at festivals. Great movie. Um, and we've just started putting out content again, uh, so there'll be more stuff coming out soon this week. Great. So creepy, lovely. Keep a lookout for Steve's article, and then of course Eric Polk on YouTube and Terror Talk or Talk and Terror. Sorry, my bad. Talk and um, Terror. Yeah. Aaron, I, I know Aaron Kogan. I know that other than my podcast here, you don't do a lot of outreach right now because you're stuck at home. But if, if there's one, if they wanted to talk politics with you, be careful with that. Uh, but if you want to talk about <laughs> politics, Why would you know, do where, this? Yeah. where could they find you? Well, that's the real horror is getting me started on politics. But, yeah, you can find <laughs> me on Facebook, Aaron Sama1313. You can find me on Twitter, uh, retweeting horrible things like that. And um, I wanted to mention just briefly, this is probably – the year without a con. Um, I know Comic Con San Diego is still looking at doing July, but I have my doubts. Uh, there are lots of sites up uh, with the vendors who normally go to these conventions where you can still buy from them. So please give a look out uh, for the vendors who do the horror cons and the science fiction cons and, and buy their stuff. Keep them going. Mm hmm. Especially you have those, believe it or not, a lot of people have those business cards from conventions hidden in bags and whatever. Time to pull them out. The the conventions themselves, uh, WonderCon has a a link up on their site to their vendors. Go buy some. I shared that. Totally shared that. I was like, making sure. Wayne did the same same thing. Go to Etsy. Etsy, a lot of these people come Etsy. Yeah, places. absolutely. So go to Etsy and support Etsy. And if you, even if it's not a con, there's a lot of folk arts and artists on Etsy. So support them too at yeah. this time of need. Because they're artists. not going to get any unemployment. They're not going to get unemployment insurance. So, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> let's do that. Um, Anne Marie, if they wanted to talk shop or porn, um, after all, you are the sex and porn witch, and there's a lot of free porn out there right now. Where could they find you? <laughs> well, Pornhub, I think, is doing a really great job of making sure that that content is out there. <laughs> um, other places, I'm not quite sure because I just haven't been following. I'm kind of um, 
sad about the conventions, of course. I, at least I got, you know, what was it, two? Did I get two? No, I got one in. We got Days of the Dead, and that was it, right? Yeah, we got Days of the Dead in Atlanta, so that was the last thing we did right before all this shit went down. Well, and me and the film shoot. Uh, I am so glad that got done when it did. Uh, we would have lost, the, if it was later, we would have lost the crowd shots for the movies. So that was lucky. Um, so, uh, yay. Um, but if they wanted to find you on the web and say hi, Miss Sexy Porn Witch, what's, where, what's your uh, Twitter handle and all that fun jazz? Uh, my Twitter is at Sexy Witch Aaron, and I'm on Instagram as Colorful Me Aaron Marie. Colorful Me Aaron Marie on Instagram. And this is this Archivist Best Zone Sexy Witches. Um, you can find us, obviously, on Blog Talk and Stitcher and wherever podcasts are found. Um, we have a Twitter page at The Sexy Witches. You can find me at Pearl E-K-G. Uh, you can also find The Madness, which is the H-H-M-M-N Madness, uh, which is for my horror convention, my horror movie marathon. And if we are sequestered, whoa, pandemic edition, this could be the <laughs> final blowout year of the madness. Can you imagine a bunch of horror geeks stuck in the house by themselves uh, what, during Halloween? Uh, unless you're and, considered you know, essential. It would be on. We still haven't got a uh, theme yet. There is some finalists. Um, obviously, pandemics is on the short list, but it might not yeah. really be pandemics. <laughs> I'm looking at right. a couple of things. I haven't told uh, Raven is going to when she feels better. She'll be the one helping me pick this year's theme. Right, I've got four or five themes. I will say there seems to be on the final list a lot of slanting towards nature, brightness in the ass kind of uh, kind of things. So that'll be interesting, which one actually ends up being the main subject. So uh, keep an eye on that. That'll be either a April episode or a early May episode. I don't know yet uh, when we drop the theme. Uh, so keep a lookout for that. Uh, I have no conventions or personal appearances scheduled, as is none of these wonderful people on my panel. <laughs> we are <laughs> waiting this shit out. But we are on Facebook, and if you want to talk to us, we will always give you a shout-out. Uh, you know, and you can troll to an extent, but there are certain lines we don't like to cross. Now, I have been, honestly, on my Facebook page, been a little bit more politically heated than normal. That's because when I don't, when I see an, a true injustice, I really want to say something about it. Uh, so and now that I'm no longer working for the government, I can actually be a little bit more fluid. But I promise you, most of my fun stuff is going to be about free shit and things that are happening on the web all over the United States while this is going down, including right now, the Met itself is actually having a free opera that you can stream right now tonight. Isn't that wonderful? Uh, and they're going to do it every Thursday. So there's a lot of go support the. Support your vendors, support the artists, support your healthcare workers. If you are a horror geek with a movie and you did surgical movie, horror movie, and you have spare gloves and masks from that movie, go look at your inventory, please, and, and give them to the local health facilities because they could use them. 
And I know, I know that might sound weird, but I have seen people that have gone through their things and found boxes of face masks because they were using them for horror films for, you know, asylum horror or, or medical horror. So, you know, look and look and see what you've got. You'd be surprised what you have hiding in your basement, especially as horror geeks. Um, so, um, and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and if you can't go to a convention, just, you know, don't forget a lot of the celebrities that go to conventions have been very vocal on Facebook and Twitter. I'm sure if that you gave them a, a blast of encouragement, they give you a blast back, just like Neil Gaiman did. Neil Gaiman, a uh, teacher, asked yeah. him to be able to read yeah. her, her uh, book of his on YouTube. And not only did he say yes, he said every teacher can do it. So, hooray. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some good, like I said, there is good and silver linings through this whole ordeal. Um, the Sex and Witches itself will be back in a couple of weeks. I don't know what weeks that would be. It would be April, right? What would be? I can't even get my calendar to come up. That's how many. Yeah, yeah it would be April. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, right now, the tentative date would be the 9th or the 8th of April. Um, so right. that means that April Fool's Day would be a potential day for the repo nerds to be wandling, which is the first. Oh, sweet. That'd be fun. So we'll talk about that and see if we can get an episode up. We were going to do Alexander Alejandro. Um, Alexander Alejandro. I know. That's a different actor. Or, his, no, wait. That's his name? not his name. Jodorowsky. No. Alejandro <laughs> Jordanowski. Wrong, Alejandro. Uh, we were going to do Jordanowski in the next episode. Uh, I also will make him uh, review dolls because he has to now rewatch dolls. So okay, we're yeah, going to review it. as an adult. Um, and um, <laughs> so that'll be the, that'll tentatively be the first. Sexy Witches will be the eighth. I don't know what subject or guests will be on the eighth, but we'll figure it out. And I want to thank everyone on the panel. Erin Marie, as always, one of my original Sexy Witches. Uh, Steve Wizard Wandling, my host of Repo Nerds, and of course my partner in crime, mm-hmm. Erin Kogan, and of course Eric Polk, who gave me the moniker The Head on Chris. I will always be indebted oh, wow. for him for that. Yep, he's the one that called oh. me that the first time. Uh, and it wow. stuck big time. That and That's EKG both stuck. Yeah, so thank you for <laughs> yeah, coming on the, the show totally and the talking top. Gordon and Max Pizow. Um And, uh, you know, call, come back at any time. And um, tonight, folks, we're going to leave you a little early. We're not going to do a full two-hour show tonight. We're going to leave you now. But we got one more shout-out for one more rest in peace. But honestly, man can speak for himself because he knew how to hold them, and he definitely knew how to fold them. Uh, <laughs> you know, so rest in peace to Kenny, uh, Kenny Rogers, uh, who, by the way, even if you weren't a fan of country western, you know, knew fucking the gambler. Everyone did. Four yeah. films. You know, yeah. and um, and so we're gonna leave you tonight with the classic itself, the gambler, because it is one of the most cinematic songs ever. I mean, seriously, it feels like a movie when you listen to it. And um, and we'll be back in a couple weeks. Meantime, folks, stay at home, listen to podcasts, but mm-hmm. support your local artists. Don't buy from Amazon unless you absolutely have to. And yeah. uh, good film hunting on the web. Good night, mm-hmm. everyone. And as Eric Holt would say, good night now. Good night, everybody. Good night, Dale. Good night. Good night. On a warm summer's evening, 
On a train bound for nowhere I met up with a gambler We were both too tired to sleep So we took turns of staring Out the window at the darkness The boredom overtook us And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of basis For a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a laugh And the night got deathly quiet And his face lost all expression Said if you're gonna play the game, boy You gotta learn to play it right You got to know when to hold them Know when to fold them Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough for counting When the dealing's done Every gambler knows It's the secret to surviving It's knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Cause every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette The gambler, he broke even, but in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to walk away, and know when to run. You never count your money when you're sitting at the table. There'll be time enough to count when the demon's done.